0: Hello, and welcome to Somewhat Damaged. Joining John and I today, Joel Richardson. You might recognize Joel from his amazing, awesome comedy club located half an hour outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, called Soul Joel's. He's done amazing things over the last year and a half, and he's got a lot of new great things coming. Sit back, relax, listen. We know you're a good-looking guy.
1: Joel, good to see you, man. <laughs> so we start this oh. podcast. Oh, buddy, yeah, good to see you too. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, you know, you know, I love when uh, I, I hear Joel's voice because it sounds like I'm talking to Mattern's uh, younger, much better-looking brother. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, bubbas, yeah, babies, <laughs> the best, dude. You guys are killing it. Fucking killing it. What do you have to say for
2: yourself? I, I mean, it's it's uh, all it took was 14 years not quitting and a global pandemic.
0: <laughs> so it was your so th- this was in your grand scheme plan. You're just waiting. Yeah. It out.
1: Joel was course, in Wuhan in 2019. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you, you know, what's funny about that, John, is that my dad actually lives in Shenzhen, China. Really? Yeah, so he's been selling electronics his whole life. And for the last five, six years, he's been spending like, he'll like go there for five months and then come back for a month or two. So he's been there for like nine months out of a year. And then he's, then the other three months, he's back here in the United States. So he we opened up Soul Joe's Comedy Club, November 1st, 2019. We went from one day a week to being open five days a week by the end of February. And that Sunday, I remember talking to him you know, a 12 hour time difference and and he was like oh congratulations but you better save your money because uh you're about to get shut down because they got shut down like a month before that yeah and I was like just in such denial that it never gonna happen and I was like yeah and then two weeks later you know shut down but he he was the first person to really give me a heads up that this was gonna be it's real the lockdown right. is gonna be real
0: so when you when you opened up uh the first time was it an outdoor or were you inside?
2: yeah, so we were inside man. It was uh, only like a hundred um, and forty seats. and and it just we were just booking, you know, it doesn't matter who we booked. we were we were selling out, right. adding shows and um, and then we didn't go outside until the local state representative um, suggested it to our landlord that we create an outdoor venue. and it's, wow. it was right outside of of where our indoor club was. so it's the same address and we we went out there uh, Friday. July third of uh, of last year. We had Mike Becky with Justin Silver.
1: Right. And I remember hearing about this. Now this is pre-Dome. And if you guys are following the the uh the kind of trajectory of Solders, this was just like a little like a little stage, uh yeah. from what I remember,
2: with a little like overhang over it. It almost looked like half a gazebo, if any. Yes. So so we uh we have a 40 foot tractor trailer, but uh we kept arguing back and forth of whether we're gonna what we're gonna do and we ended up putting that trailer on top of the hill which ended up being on top of the hill plus like 20 feet away from the nearest audience member and Mike Vecchione showed up and goes yeah no we're not doing this (laughs) I was like oh my god we spent like all day slaving in the heat we had interns and we were like we had gotten it ready and then we had to put the, the stepping stool was like a portable stage. It was supposed to be the stepping stool of the, to get on to the trailer, to big stage. So it ended up being a four by four foot, like you said, like little stage. It looked like in the middle of a yeah. deserted field. It was before we added the sand. And one lady, it started raining and lightning and, and Becky Owen looked at me and was like, how long are we going to go? <laughs> and he goes, all right. He goes, I just did a movie with Pete Davidson and Judd Apatow and... Now, I'm in this field about to get struck by lightning for Soul Joel. Thanks so much. <laughs>
0: We're bringing back like Caddyshack memories.
2: Yeah. yeah. And one, one lady literally uh, had, uh, like, you know, you could see her cankles and she was walking to the, once it started raining, and only rained for like 10 minutes, but she started walking. And like Joe listed all the comics back up in New York, like, you know, the shows weren't really opened up yet. So they all looked at the social media and it was hilarious. But it almost caused all those guys not to come down because it, it looked like such a disaster.
1: It was but, scary to see it, man. Like, I mean, like, uh, cause, cause then I talked to like people like Chris Gathard. Uh Chris yeah. was like, and he's like, he's like a fucking train went by. And I was like, what? What are you talking yeah. about?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, and and that, uh, you know, Giannis Papas was on stage and was like, I, I can't even, just what you said. He's like, I can't believe a train just went by. I'm like, he's like what did you just drive around and, and look at property? You're like, this is good. I was like, well, we were inside before. And it was it's the Reading Railroad, like Monopoly. It's a freight train. So it's got right. no schedule. So it either has we either get no trains or we'll get four trains. And <laughs> and Giannis is like, oh yeah, I'm sure when you were inside with four walls, it really quieted the freight train. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got
0: I it's true. I, I used to live like within earshot of um the, the Metro North railroad. Um, but then at night, you know, we would get freight trains that would go by. And it, I mean, I probably lived a thousand feet from the, from the train state, like the train tracks. Right. And I like when that freight train would go by at 10 30 at night, my house would shake, everything would vibrate. You, you know, that the train is going by.
2: And, and how, how long did you live there?
0: Uh, seven years.
2: <laughs> did, did you ever get used to it?
0: Oh, yeah. It didn't bother me at all because, I mean, I I lived in New York City for many, many, many years. So, you know, you're used to ambulances and police and everything just nonstop all the time. So I was never bothered by it at all. It was just like you knew, like, and you would feel it coming. Like, I would, my house would start to like vibrate before I would actually hear the train. Because, you know, Joe's freight trains are so big. And when they're right. when they're cruising, you know, it's, it just rumbles. So every night at like 1030, I would start to feel the house rumble. And then two minutes later, there goes the freight train. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> I was like, all right. And, you know, it took <laughs> seven years to figure we needed to get the fuck out of there.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, well, So, Joel, like, it popped, baby. I mean, listen, I mean, we were, I, I, you were running shows, and then all of a sudden, you, the, the dome. Tell me about the construction of the dome a little bit, because, you know, we were running our shit up in, uh you know, around the boroughs and everything like that. And God forbid if I wanted to put up anything, I put up a sign somewhere, like I put stakes in the grass. Like, the they would be all over me. You guys developed this, this, this dome over it pretty much to, 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 kind of,
2: it, it was amazing. It was amazing. How yeah. did that all come about? So, so everything was like an evolution and, and, and slowly came together. Uh, oh, I think it's, this is allowing me to join with video. Oh, uh, well, anyway. Um, so, so we, we ended up getting the sand. We got 200 tons of sand, uh, which is like nine tractor trailers worth of sand. And wow. that kind of gave it the beach vibe. And then a year ago, we decided that uh, we had to either go back inside or stay outside to pay our rent. And so we're like, well, the numbers are about to spike in the state of Pennsylvania, the capacities were, were at 30%. So at 140 seats, we would have probably been limited to six feet apart at like 25 or 30 people. And it was like, that's just, there's no way we could pay the comics, let alone our rent and our bills and everything else. So uh, we decided to stay outside. And then we're like, well, how are we gonna keep everybody warm um, we, we have to build something, but it has to be open and the airplane hangar dome was like the easiest thing to do. Um, but all in, it was like 60 grand. Um, Oof. so it was like, yeah, it was like buying a house, yeah. you know? And so, uh, I raised, uh, $15,000 in sponsorships from local businesses and we raised, uh, 14,000 from individuals who don't have businesses that still wanted to contribute. It was almost like we did a one day, one time Patreon donation.
0: And wow. we got people
2: on the wall, different levels and tiers and stuff like that. And uh, so I, you know, in basically a week, I raised uh, half the money to build the dome and, uh, but it, it's been crazy, man. Like, like uh, we wanted to build, put a sign, like you just talked about getting like the permits and stuff like that. Like we've helped countless uh, all those uh, businesses, were they wanted to sponsor us unsolicited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've helped that. We've never, we've always been BYOB. Uh, so people bring their own drinks. They bring their own food. Uh, so we partnered with local restaurants. They all have been loving us because we brought in 55,000 people from 20 different states. And it's not even an egotistical thing, but it's almost like a, an Atlantic City or a Vegas or Broadway where people are coming in all over. I mean, they're, they're coming, in, calling us to come see you know, Dave Attell, and they want to know uh, what flight and where they should uh where they should fly into and stuff like that. Wow. So, so I got a cool. question. How many
1: uh I mean obviously this has been great for comedians. I I love that there's like a location. Have you pissed off the promoters in like Philadelphia and, and, and around that area and Atlantic City because you've popped up this space that, you know, I mean listen, you had Louie over there, you've had Dave over there, you had freaking uh Andrew Dice Clay. I mean have you pissed some people off in in the industry
2: so never Atlantic City um you know uh, not 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 to my knowledge but uh helium has mm. and uh they've like they've come out and said yeah that uh because every agency in the country emailed me and go hey uh what's your problem with helium <laughs> I was like I've never even met the owner I don't know right. I, like I, I, I have no problem like like you know there's always a mutual respect like i love you know greg and what you guys are doing up at stand up new york like just dude it's a small nick community we always can help each other out you know yeah um but with uh, with them they they came out and said all right well if if you do a helium you can't do soul joels nine months before and nine months after yeah. what I'm like, all right, well, why don't you just say you can never play Souljoes? Like, that's not oh, – and, and, and my only issue was one comic who came down, they did Helium Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then came to my place on Saturday the same week. So all I ever asked is, like, listen, uh, I know we all got to eat, but could you just space it out a little bit? Yeah. Or just because, you know, you're doing – because we're 30 miles outside the city. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think anybody from Philly is necessarily coming to us, but people from our area are probably not as likely to go into Philadelphia. Um, Absolutely. A, I,
1: I completely agree with that. as as somebody who's a bridge and tunneler from New Jersey, like if before I was in comedy, like I would rather see a show at bananas then you know, cross the GWB and go into the city, right. have to find parking and all that stuff. But it, the great thing about that, that, that I've been seeing though, is that it's comedy fans and granted, you know, uh you know, people didn't have much to do, but uh you know, the people that are out there, they're ready to laugh and you're breaking up. And what I, what I, what I always loved about what you were doing, Joel, is the idea that the whole idea of the two drink minimum and, you know, like, you know, 15 minutes, that's you've completely destroyed that kind of all that, that whole aura. And you're like, yeah, it's fucking BYOB. You're going to see the best comedians in the, in the world at our little town here outside of Philadelphia. Like you really, it, it's been a game changer and uh, kudos to you guys on that. Uh, fucking yeah. Awesome and, and the
2: thing that other people, uh, as, as much, you know, comics will make fun of, you could build literally Caesar's palace and they're gonna make something, they're gonna make fun of something that's going on. You know, it, yeah. it, nothing's ever perfect, but they, sure. they pointed out that, the, uh, like Chris Stefano made the joke that people have to bring their whole living room. Because <laughs> it's not only the food, it's not only the drinks, but they have to bring their own chairs. <laughs> right. So, and they're bringing, and, and we just did that simply because we don't wanna to have to wipe down all the chairs after COVID or anything yeah, like right. that. Right, when, totally. When, when everybody was like, oh, it's a surface thing and you, you, know, you can get COVID through surfaces. So and then we ended up just keeping that and people were so invested that they brought their own chairs. Well, that, it just translated into the audience. Well, the audience was so hyped to be there because of the comic and the level that they're at, but also yeah, they put a lot of money and time and effort into being there as an audience member. And it just, it was, you know, it's,
0: uh, it's, it, it's yeah. interesting because like, are, are you familiar with uh, jam in the van, the venue in Los Angeles?
2: No, uh, no, no, yeah, no, no. You, I don't you, think so.
0: You should check it out. They started out as like music guys, right? They're really in oh, wow. the music business and and doing live music shows out of um of this van, right? And then um you know during COVID, they started doing music and then they started doing comedy and their whole their whole entire like atmosphere is like the beach. So everything and they even and now they have an indoor venue as part of, and they have an outdoor venue in the same location. And they're basically mirrors of each other. So even indoors, it's all beach chairs and very much, really? yeah, it's very much like inside outside. And people absolutely love the venue because it's of the low key nature. It's like a super chill vibe, and it's really like becoming one of the the main venues in LA to see music and and comedy. And it's yeah. all based on the vibe.
1: And it's cool, wow. like you know, like people like Craig Robinson has done like. Uh, you know has been riffing with like melissa via senor over there like it's 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 a fun atmosphere but i'll be honest as somebody who's an east coast through and through i feel like you guys do it better even though i do shows over there
0: <laughs> <laughs> i i do have one other question so so joel are you guys pager friendly in your venue
2: <laughs> wait pager friendly what do what
0: you pager you friendly
2: like, 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 like a beeper, like this is 1992,
0: yeah. yeah, exactly. I just, I'm just curious. Are you guys pager friendly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, a, we're, it's
2: we're the, up to date on all the technology.
0: It, it's uh, that was a nod back to the hangover. You mentioned Caesars, and uh, it's, oh. the, guess, it's at the front desk, and he says, Ask their they're pager. Oh,
1: friend. god, I hate players, guys. I really
0: I'm do. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you, I no, so- no,
1: don't, don't, don't humor him, Joel. Just tell him it's a bad joke, please. It's
0: not a joke, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a joke. It's just like certain things trigger movie memories, and that was one of them. I needed to. I'm That's sorry, so
1: it's okay, it's okay, Greg. It's okay. We're gonna put Greg in a 10 minute timeout now. Uh- <laughs>
2: well, you know, you know what's funny is, uh, uh, you guys, you guys know, obviously, uh, Rich Voss, and Rich Voss, like a huge crowd work guy, yeah, and, uh, he was, uh, we would have. The, the borough of Royersford only had less than 5,000 people. And so if the cops weren't busy, which was most of the time, they would right. come hang out in the back of the dome. And people are always like, oh my God, why are the cops are here? I'm like, they're just, instead of sitting in their car, they're just waiting for a call. So they're going to enjoy the show. Sure. And, and Voss literally goes, oh, and there was uh, you know, we're, we're in the greater suburbs of the Philadelphia area. So that night and almost every other night, it, there was one black couple. And uh, so Voss literally was talking to the guy, "Where are you from? What does that?" And then he goes, "Oh, great! The minute the uh, the cops show up, the minute I start talking to the black guy." <laughs> <laughs> but that was their first time there, and they came um, again uh, like a couple of weeks later when we had Bill Bellamy. And oh, nice! Like, Do you remember us? They're like, "We're the black couple from the Voss show," and like to this day, it's now six, like, six months later. They still. I, I go. Hey, it's the black couple from the Voss show. I know their names now. But <laughs> yeah. bro, Do you remember that? I'm like, I will never forget.
0: You need to get a booth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A VIP uh, booth. Yeah. yeah, VIP booth. Um. So I got a question, Joel. I mean, you're doing this. I see that we're moving inside again, which is great. Are you? You're, you're partnering up with a, a country club? Is it?
2: Yeah. So, uh, not to get in all the politics, but uh, the, sure the dome where we're at now, uh, we didn't make money November, December, and January of last year. We ended up spending $500 a week in propane with the space heaters. Wow. And with the numbers spiking again, like people just were afraid to leave their houses and then they had to stay out. In the So even like last Friday night, we did a roast and 50 people out of like the 150 tickets we sold didn't show up because it was just so cold. Wow. And it was like, it was the first time that we, you know, got really cold outside. So where we're at with the dome would have, it's it's breaking ground in January to be townhouses and apartments on the Schuylkill river. So okay. we knew whether they broke ground this year, next year, five years from now, like as far as the outdoor venue, it was going to be limited. Um, and right now, a year ago, we had to, uh, we had to give up the inside venue and, and good, good thing, bad thing. We, we outgrew it anyway. So it's right. like a gift and a curse, but, um, we wanted to end up somewhere else where, where our permanent venue is going to be, uh, and we're going to be somewhere else temporarily. But uh, for now, for the next three months, we're going to be at this golf course, uh, which, as a New Yorker, is owned by uh, Mike Piazza's. Family. Oh, shit. Famous yeah. Met. <laughs> yeah. Dodger, <laughs> so it's, uh, Dodger,
0: Dodger, Dodger, Dodger.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the same uh, uh, the town where like Tommy Lasorda and Piazza grew up, and then his family uh, owns it.
0: Oh that's so We're gonna be
2: there until uh till February.
0: And then then your your indoor venue is is like that's the permanent house.
2: Yeah, they, then we're gonna yeah, and then and we're gonna do is uh, similar to what the uh the LA venue that you spoke about. Um we're gonna we're gonna bring back the dome for the summertime and then still have our indoor place for the winter.
0: Yeah, you should check so them out. Me, go, go on, their, go on their, Insta, in their socials. You'll see it. it you
2: but be. I see
1: that we're also growing too, because next week New York comedy festival is live in New York city, which we're all excited about brings, I mean, five, all five boroughs, but you're bringing your stuff to New York comedy club, which I think is so cool. And tell me a little, tell us a little bit about what you're going to do in, uh, for the New York comedy
2: festival. Yeah. So, so we're going to be up, uh, up there on Monday night, 915. Uh, Emilio asked us to be a part of it. And, uh, one of the guys that books it is also, uh, he, so we had uh, Hey Babe with Chris Stefano and Sal Volcano, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the, one of the he manages uh, Sal Volcano and and he you know he books most of the clubs. So they they asked me to to basically do a, a takeover, and uh, so that's what we're gonna do on Monday night. We're gonna announce Six. the night lineups today uh, or tomorrow. Sick, 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 man. So
1: um, I mean, I have to ask the question. You know, we're doing no drink minimums. We're doing affordable tickets um, you're getting top tier talent into the Philadelphia market a mid-level market that's an easy commute for new Yorkers are you cheapening comedy right now
2: are you cheapening uh, our industry i i mean I, I i don't i don't think so i i never even considered that to be a uh, to to be i i mean we pretty much don't even um command the the prices the uh mm-hmm. Because I mean, I mean, we whatever agent comes in and and tells us, like you know there's comics that we brought in that we make the prices, whatever, sure, typically their their prices are. but uh as far as the food and drink, I mean, it, it's just a it was when we started out, there wasn't a liquor license available, and that's why we started the BYOB. Right. And then we almost noticed that it, it it's helped us in that way. By partnering yeah, I together. can uh, trust me. I completely agree with you as somebody
1: who wanted to have that, who had that idea. But the only reason I kind of bring that up is yes. what are you getting out of this,
2: Joel? Um, I, I mean, uh, to be able to, to, to make a living out of it uh, and, and promote it and kind of uh, we, we just developed a, an interesting business model that that seems to have worked um, and, Differentiate between other other places, I guess. Are you sure. are you going to
0: have a liquor license in the permanent home?
2: Uh, I mean, it's an option. We we've, we've been presented with that uh, of potentially partnering up, but I I don't think we're going to do that as because the liability also is on us as well. Sure. Right. Um. So we're kind of we've kind of made this our business model. I think we're going to stick with it.
1: Yeah, I love it. I fucking love it. I'm just telling you. I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm asking those hard que- those questions. But you know, those are the questions that I always wrestle with myself. And it's like, what if I was to take stand up New York and make it BYOB, and bring in you know some food truck caterer over there and just pay what you want kind of idea you know like how would how i mean that would affect the art form dramatically but it would also affect in my opinion a lot of bottom lines uh you know we before we got on the uh on 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 today's podcast greg and i were talking about brayer shows and what
2: those things are for that but you guys are still doing you guys are doing open mics too is that correct yeah yeah so we won't be doing it at the the temporary location but we'll be doing it uh back at the permanent location and uh you know, it's funny, I'm, su- I'm sure it's the same way with you guys over the years, but uh, but there's probably at least 15 to 20 comics that started doing comedy because we started open mics at our place. Yeah. Oh, that's sick.
1: That's yeah. really cool.
2: Yeah. So we're Are they like- good? Uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> I love the pause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's, there's a bunch of really coachable guys, but there's one guy and, and I'm, I'm sure you, you know, you can think of a bunch of people that fit this, uh, this type of personality where his cadence can't be taught and he has no idea how funny that is. Right. And yes. when I told him after the show, I'm like, listen, you're self-deprecating. Like when he, some of them go after audience members because they're like the easy thing to do and they don't sure. realize like, listen, we're actually getting audience here. Don't yeah. alienate them. <laughs> or else you're going to be performing in front of all comics. <laughs> so the next week he actually listened to me and he went and, and he like t- told us about how he went to a dominatrix and had to punish himself, had had, had her pour ball, uh, hot wax all over his body and his balls. And like just all that. And I, I believed it because it was so self-deprecating. But then he was like, no, that was a joke. I go, you have so much potential. I go, because of the way you go up on stage and, and, and your your persona, and I go, do that. Don't alienate the audience. And that the look that he gave me was I couldn't I couldn't understand if he was like, oh my God, Joel thinks I have potential and I'm funny, or deer in the headlights and none of it just registered. Right. I couldn't right. tell. I just couldn't tell. So
0: Joel, what did you do before you started Soul Joels?
2: So I was basically going to uh, other venues, um, which I still produce shows in different places. But uh, we were at the Valley Forge Casino, about 10 miles away from where we're at at now. Um, And I was there for seven years. And then what happened was Boyd Gaming came in and bought it. I knew the old owners. And that that took about a year to happen. And I knew it was like in with the uh, new, out with the old. Sure. and they wanted to move me from Fridays which I was there for 7 years to Thursdays and where they're going to replace me with dueling pianos huh. and I was like yeah I'm not going on Thursday night for a four wall door deal right. and then the opportunity to open up my own club in Fort happened like literally the next day so I was like this is a sign from the universe man so yeah,
0: so, yeah, yeah. I was just I was curious cuz I, I didn't realize that you were you were in the business for so long prior to opening Soul
2: Oh yeah, yeah 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 I've been cultivating I mean I started as a comic man and then I realized uh you know, I can make a living off producing my own shows, and that's kind of what uh, what I love doing the most. I still love going up and, and warming up the crowd a little bit and just hosting, but um, yeah, yeah, I've been doing the show, you know, shows for 15 years. Oh, wow. Good for yeah. you. I went and got my MBA at, at uh, Wagner, uh, where I got my undergrad in Staten Island, and uh, my first open mic was in the back of uh, Sal Volcano's place in Staten Island. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. And I, so I watched those guys get that show on, on TV for impractical, you know, practical jokes right. for like six years, but I know a lot of those guys that are writers or producers for that show. So uh, yeah, that's where, uh, that's where I first started. How much are you now? I mean, when you, when you introduce yourself, are you a comedian or are you a producer now? No producer. I mean, I yeah. don't really introduce myself as a comic. Uh, I still enjoy it, but uh, I, mean, I guess you never, never lose that. But yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, I want to market myself and have people know that I'm a producer because, you know, I could, I'm the one that put it all together.
0: Do, do you have competition out by you outside of, you know, going into Philly?
2: Um Yeah, so, I mean, the, the biggest, I guess, competition is uh is Punchline and Helium. But, I mean, again, man, I, I have probably the same mentality you guys do. It's like I don't care if other people are doing comedy. It's just if you ever see bad comedy because right. then people get – that and like, oh, I went to a bad show, whether it was like, oh, vulgar, like a dirty bomb, like right. vulgar and not funny or, but yeah, there, there's, there's uh, some pop-up shows that people do like once a month or, or every once in a while, like little bar shows and stuff like that. But I don't really consider it competition, man. I just, uh you yeah, know,
0: no, I was just curious because, you know, I, I I live outside the city in, in a suburb, like, like where your place is and there yeah. is a lot of Now, which I I think in in some ways is really great for comedy, because there is a lot of comedy out here between clubs and pop up shows. And, you know, we, we, me and John were running some shows out here in Connecticut for a while um, as pop up shows, but consistent. Um, And, you know, there is a lot of choices when it comes to comedy on the weekends and, you know, we're an hour and a half outside the sit hour, you know, very much an hour and a half outside Manhattan. So I was just curious if that type of stuff existed down by you, but it sounds like it doesn't, which is pretty awesome because then, then you really do have that captive audience that, you know, if they were going to go into Philly, you know, there's no real need to, you know, you're, you're bringing the best talent in the country out right back into their backyards, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah, big fish in a small pond, and that—that's—that's that's pretty much what we want to do. Like, it's thirty miles, but uh, it, it's—it's—it's kind of—it's a lifetime it, it's away like, sometimes.
1: Yeah, it really. Yeah, I, yeah,
2: I yeah. Get yeah, yeah it. it's just the uh, uh, the Schuylkill Expressway is is can be brutal, man. It could it could take forty minutes or it could take an hour and a half. Yeah, is you know you talked about separating yourself uh, from being
1: a comedian and producer, but you're always still a performer. Was there a moment during the last eighteen months when you were like? fuck I miss this way too much like I wish
2: it was me up there no no you know what uh no I uh but well first of all James Mattern was uh living in the basement with uh, so I sold my house I bought the dome and I moved into my sister's basement wow and and during that time I uh you know James came and and stayed down because New York was shut down and uh, that's what made our show so great is that when comics would come down from New York it, a lot you know it's even even still uh, like last weekend when um Ben Bailey came down it was his first big show during, since covid right so but we have a guy like James Manner people come down and they're more comfortable sure um and I I just I, I love that and I, I knew that in order to make this work and, and it just survive, you know bring the best talent and from hosts a lot a lot of people, don't think the host is important, but I, I know how important it is. And, and James is, you know, one of the best, if not the best. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been great. So I never really had that moment. Um that's that, that
1: that it's it's fun it's it's good that uh and, and it's funny like you said that you know obviously you got your MBA uh again it it makes me feel better that you actually have some business background that you did that you were doing successfully because then it would have been made me just obsolete you know what I mean as a non comedian <laughs> because that's the one thing is that I always I always try to stress is that like there's no like a comedian that's performing and wants to perform on a regular basis like they they don't have the time to put together shows and book things you know like i'm i'm, I'm in awe of somebody like dustin chafin who manages comics who books and is a working comic as, as as at the same time like how do you find that balance um but it was all but but you know i guess they say that you know during crisis the, that there's a lot of opportunity and this is something that fucking i was every time i saw what you guys were doing i was like so happy that like because i almost felt during the pandemic that it was only on us and the stand to get people working. And these were shit. A lot of them were, I would say 80% of our shows were shitty. Like you were playing at some park for fucking 30 to 40 people, you know what I mean? So it was tough out there, but it was nice to see that there was something else out there. And, you know, Mattern's talking, he's like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this stuff Controls. And I remember one time we had a, uh, we were on a video chat. It was the three of us, just randomly, like because I, I was, yeah. I was, I was calling out. But I, I, I was so excited, and I'm so excited for the fucking shit that you guys are doing, and kind of moving it on up. New York Comedy Festival next week. This week, uh, you know, moving into the uh, 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 the uh, the golf club. Like, dude, congratulations on all the success, man.
2: Thanks, man. It's uh, just every little step of the way has been just uh, just survival. You know, I I didn't I I quit when I was getting my MBA, I was, I was in uh, pharmaceutical sales. So I walked away from a hundred thousand dollar a year job with car, gas, insurance, everything. And, uh, my family wanted to have an intervention
0: and <laughs> what? I was like, yeah,
2: I'm not on drugs. Like I'm going from leaving from selling drugs. And, uh, and I just realized it doesn't matter about the money. I just was a lot happier doing this. And through the pandemic, whether people lost someone uh, or just gave themselves some sense of normalcy, like, that's what I get out of it. And I think probably the answer is I sit back and watch so many people just enjoy shows. Cause I'm at the venue every night and uh, the blood, sweat and tears of then hearing all these comics talk about it, whether it was chaos or the train going by. Um, but they got to, you know, remind themselves, you know, why they do it and they, and they love it. Like uh, trolls around the area were like, saying, you know, a lot of people enjoyed it, but other people were like, oh, I can't believe DL Hughley and, and Dice were here. They must be really poor managers with their money. It's like, really? That's your yeah. response? Like, they're <laughs> doing it because they love it and they miss it. Like, they're not coming here. I mean, li- listen, you know, who knows what everybody's financial situation is, but everybody needs to make money, but the, but also they love to do what they're passionate about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, I you know, people, I hear that a lot of of course. And, you know, when you look at I I see why people would say that, but, you know, at the end of the day, look at anyone that's had the the longevity outside of like, you know, a handful of people, whether it's music or whatever, you know, you don't play Madison square garden forever. Like, you know, at some point you do go back down to play the smaller theaters because, you know, audiences increase, decrease. And, you know, as you're, if you're a person that's been in the business for whatever it is now, 30 years, you know, like you gotta you gotta be nimble and you gotta go to where the audiences are. And it, ha- it doesn't have anything to do with what his bank account says. It's he wants to right. perform. You know, he, he's gotta play the rooms he is and he'll play 300 people. He'll play 3000 people. I mean, right. you know, it is... It is what it is. Like they all can't be um, playing Madison Square Garden for fifty years. Everyone's not the Rolling Stones.
2: <laughs> right, 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 right.
0: You know,
2: Billy Joel. So yeah, very few right. people can do that.
0: What, what of all the shows that you've produced through the pandemic? Like, what is there any one that's been a highlight?
2: Well, the the first time Louis came down, um, and definitely that that was uh, and and David Tao. And Dave texted like from his like uh flip phone and he texted right. me in the morning and he, and it's, it just looked like someone that was 80 years old was texting me. Hey, Joel, it's Dave. A call me when you can. <laughs> it's just, like all kinds of spaced out. And so I called him up and, you know, Louie Katz was one of the guys that helped me get him. So he was middling and then James Manner was hosting and Dave goes oh, and I'm going to bring a guest. Uh, I mean, I mean, and the, and the guest spot, I go, Oh, who are you bringing? He goes, aren't you running a festival? Don't you have like 20 guys just standing in the back? Grab one and throw them on stage. And one of the guys that I, that I, I manage and I'm, I'm grooming uh, had just lost his father. This is uh, August of last year. So, I mean, due to COVID and everything else, he was just, you know, having a bad year. He was manifesting that he was going to open up for a tell. And five minutes later, I called him and told him that. He's like, dude, you have no idea. The dark hole that just that brought me out of and i go to introduce him to a and he goes oh brendan nice to meet you um thanks so much for doing this and the look on his face was like a has been doing this for 30 plus years and he's thanking me for doing this but you guys know that's just the kind of guy Atell is right you know uh I and then the, love that. so joe list uh real quick his story was we had him kick off the festival last year without knowing what all these guys have cooking behind the scenes, but most comics in New York, you know, have a lot of stuff cooking, a lot of irons in the fire. So he's about to uh, release his latest special right. the week after he was here. Well, then he went on this huge press tour to promote it. And no one wants to just talk about your special. They want to say what else you've been up to. Well, our show was the only other show he's done. So he just kept talking, Soul jules Jim and Sam, Soul Jules, you know, all these other podcasts and shows. And I'm, my phone's blowing up. People are messaging me on Facebook and emailing me. They're like, "List is talking about here and there and all." So I finally sent him a text, man. I go, "For all the promotion you did, I owe you like a Christmas present <laughs> or like another gig." And and I he goes, "Oh, thanks, man. That's really cool. But hey, do you have any interest in booking Louis?" And I was like, "What? Yeah, of, of course, man. I don't. I don't care. You know what he went through. Like, of course I want him here." So he didn't want to be announced just because everything he went through before the pandemic, but he would come if we wasn't announced. So I go, all right, we'll call it Joe Liston and Friends. And that's when we started him and Mark Norman every other month. They switch uh, to doing Joe Liston Friends. So two days beforehand, they announced that Ari's going to be there too. So it was Ari, uh, Sarah Talamash, you know, Joe List's wife, yep. and then uh, Louis, James Matter was going to host, and then, and then List. And... I didn't believe it until he got there, but then Joe Liston and and his wife get out the back, Sarah get out the back, Ari gets out the front, and I was like, oh God, Louie's not here. And then he gets out the driver's seat. I'm like, "Louis drove? (laughs) Louis (laughs) Louis drove? And I I guess, you know, it's it's one of those things where like, uh, they're not gonna make Sarah drive. Joe's such a nervous dude. You don't know the last time Ari had an edible, so like, <laughs> List is gonna drive, and uh, so uh, so yeah, so so he ended up driving, but uh, Louis drive, and that was his first set out of out of COVID. Wow. It was last September, but then once we announced that he was there, I was like, that gave us all the street credit we needed. We got to tell, we got Louis, and you know those guys can do it. Anybody else will do it, and that's when people really started to. To be interested in coming here
1: well joel fucking again you are fucking killing it we're so excited for the stuff that you're that you are doing and you're going to be doing we got to link up next week when you're in town obviously uh grab a drink i'll swing by but yeah man um we always end with uh uh kind of what our actually i'm sorry
0: greg
2: did you have anything else <laughs>
0: No, I, I was, I, I was. I'm sorry. Right
2: sure. back to you for a second. No, no, no. It's
0: all good because I'm really what I want. I'm just curious. Like, what kind of car was Louis driving? Like, what did they get out? Of? Like, was it a Ford Escape? Was it an Audi? Like, what was it?
2: I, the Ford Escape was not very, uh, very far off. It was, uh, it was a very, it was, a, it was a humble vehicle.
0: <laughs> that That's, I, I was just, I mean, I, you know, I could care less actually, but it was, I was, I was very, I'm like, huh, what's he rolling in? What is, what is, Louis
2: yeah. but then, but, but, but yeah, but, but uh, let's just say he came down four times. Right. And, uh and, and the last time he, he, he rolled up in something. That's, ah. yeah. yeah. So, was, yeah, it, yeah. was
0: it Tracy Morgan and his, one of his convertible <laughs> rolls? Like those guys rolling deep together?
1: I'm just yeah. saying he's got that secret life of pet money still. So, I mean, he's still got some loons. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, before we close out, we always ask what is, um, you know, we always talk comedy and we've talked about your life. But more importantly, what is the best thing that you've had
2: to eat this week? Oh, my God. The best thing I've had to eat this week. Um, oh, my gosh. That is such a that's such a good question, man. Uh Oh, I, I don't even know, man. I, and I'm a huge eater. Uh, that's a good question, man. What, what, what's your answer, dude? I mean, I have uh, this week.
1: I mean, I had a chopped cheese yesterday, which is always good. Which Greg did not know what a chopped
0: He's cheese. is. No was. idea what it was. I don't know. I, I don't
2: know what a chopped cheese is. What is a chopped cheese?
1: It's oh a,
0: my god! It's a hamburger that is just like it's a. It's basically chopped meat. <laughs> <laughs> and put on a bun. I don't know. I don't get it. It's our version of a Philly
1: up here, Philly cheesesteak, essentially, because we don't, you know, because we don't have the money, you know, except for ribeye. Uh, you know, we we do just the chopped up uh, cheese, uh, chopped up burger with, uh, with cheese on top of it. So every single bite has some protein and lettuce and tomato and everything. And that, that was the best thing
2: I ate. Uh, and that was yesterday. Um, that, that, was, uh, that was the biggest thing when I uh, when I, I lived in New York in Staten Island for 15 years. And uh, the first week, I was, you know, an 18-year-old freshman in college, we took the ferry over to Manhattan. And I went to the Feast of San Gennaro. Sure. And I ordered a cheesesteak. But not knowing that the cheesesteak in New York is not what the cheesesteak in, uh, in Philadelphia is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I literally had a ribeye on uh, a, a roll. Yeah, it's a full that's steak. <laughs> that's the cheesesteak there, man. <laughs>
0: that's, that's that's the type of cheesesteak I made John come to have with me in, in Burbank, California a couple months oh, ago. Yeah, I was talking great. to him about this cheesesteak sandwich for, I don't know, oh, well over a year. And we finally got a chance to take him to have one. And it it pound for pound, which it probably is over a pound of meat, is, is the best steak sandwich in America. Concur. It's just unbelievable. Concur, concur. So hard, hard. my my best food this week was uh, it's restaurant restaurant week where where I live in Connecticut. So I went to a steakhouse and had a um, a New York strip steak, which was perfect. Well needed at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm
0: gonna
1: have one tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna have. I think I'm yeah. gonna have a steak tonight
0: so joel, joel. Thanks, thanks man really appreciate the time uh, love hearing all about it you know we've been big fans and supporters of what's going on down there since certainly the last you know since it's been going on and really yeah. like all the best man and we'll get down sometime hopefully we see you next week and no
2: know. absolutely yeah yeah i'll i'll drop in and uh yeah we, we kept comedy going through you guys us and you know a handful of others but yeah well definitely man hey when can everybody find you on social media So my personal is uh, at SJP, like uh, Soul Joel Productions or Sarah Jessica Parker, SJP Comedy, and uh, and you know uh, SoulJoels.com is the website. Awesome, awesome. Joel, thanks so much, buddy.
0: You check out them for shows and uh, all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it.
0: Joel, appreciate it, man. Stay well. Later too.